0: Three, K-X-N-O. The PSAs you hear on Miller and & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller
1: & Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller & Condon on 1460
0: KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM.
2: All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller. It just dawned on me. I hope somebody let Ronza know of our pending move. We move to 11 to 1 oh, next yes. week. We need to bring Ronza with us. Ronza. 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 You know her? No, don't know her. Just uh, from what we uh, uh, get to um, here in the morning here at 10 o'clock. Anyways, uh, this is our penultimate show in this time slot. We will move to 11 to 1 starting next week. PMW of Des Moines guest list. It's a busy day. Football Thursdays and Fridays always are. We're going to start about 25 minutes. Want to get Dave Sinekin in here. Not really to talk about the Giants loss, but just the experience of uh, being over in London. As, um, I think a lot of NFL fans, um, Maybe not high on the bucket list, but maybe something when they get to a point in life that they can do that. Maybe follow the team over there. But we'll get Dave Sinican, uh to uh, share with us his experiences from last week. He'll He'll be first. And then Stephen M. Sipple joins us every Thursday. This one being no different. Uh, Huskers back in action. You said that that was a night game, correct, at Purdue? I think it's a night game at Purdue, you said. Oh, that, that didn't even
3: make the slate that we were talking about.
2: Trent, this tomorrow, our Saturday rather, is oh, just bonkers. It's a...
3: Incredible weekend of college, of football in general. Yeah. Because the NFL Sunday is going to be great as well. No,
2: you're 100% right. Um, I noticed you didn't mention tonight, starting with. No. No, you're probably right. Probably safe not to put that one in there. Unless Baylor-West Virginia is entertaining. 6.30 for Nebraska. I thought it was a night game. So 6.30. But Sibyl will be here to talk about that. Then Lee Sterling will talk about a handful of games that he'd like to opine about, including uh, at the end his game of the week. Our number two, David Eicholt, who asked the question uh, that seemed to ignite some passionate feelings over in Iowa City. Uh, after the game uh, in Champaign on Saturday, David Eicholt will be here. We'll talk about that. We'll recap uh, what the uh, LeVar Woods, who, by the way, had a great line, great yes, sense it, of humor yeah. out of him when he looked at the assembled media sitting in front of him for the presser yesterday with the coordinators and, and thanked everybody for their interest in Iowa special teams. <laughs> well, they may be interested, but we're not here to see you. Not at all. Not <laughs> right. at all. You're the warm-up act. <laughs> In a way. Well, and it was Brian that started it off. Oh, I thought he was second. No, I think I thought it was Brian you're right. first, yeah. Well, regardless, uh, yeah, Brian, that's who everybody was there to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Parker, LeVar Woods, not so much. Um, uh, Brian Ference was the story, and oh, what a story, and we'll get to that here coming up. Uh, so that will kick off our number two, David Kaplan, of course, the Bears tonight, and the football team. I don't like the name commanders. No. I like the football team. Wish they wouldn't have changed it. WFT, um, always WFT, for me. I agree with you. We'll talk about that uh, with Cappy. Maybe some off-season baseball if he's hearing anything with either team in Chicago uh, is at least uh, toying with. Of course, there's a managerial open on the south side. And Carlos Correa is available. As he has officially, I saw opted that he out. opted out right that's not surprising, though. no, no, I mean, now,
3: does this in your mind
2: eliminate him from being a twin?
3: uh not eliminate, but the chances are incredibly low i mean he's he he looking... didn't have a great year, no, not for his standards, uh-huh. he was still solid, some of the metrics were still pretty good overall, yeah. but yeah, he finished strong, he did, yeah, I think overall, probably a disappointing season, what uh, you're hoping for like they brought him over there to get to the playoffs, right and
2: they were well short of that, uh-huh. Although so for the longest time, TC, oh, uh, I don't want to relive it. But, uh, man, it looked I like... I lived it. I know you did. That's your squad, after all. You and Dave Sproul. All right, so uh, that's... Oh, did I mentioned we're going to do Claxons before yes. we get out of here uh, at noon as well. So let's spend a few minutes uh, on what we heard from Brian Ferentz Well, yesterday. what would be the upside of doing that? <laughs> well done. What an idiot. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it
3: just... That 30 minutes... 32. ...of verbal diarrhea... Of saying a bunch without saying one thing Mm -hmm. outside of a couple of foot-in-the-mouth moments.
2: Mm -hmm. That's what you get. So let's go here, Trent, because there has to be something going on behind the scenes that we are, or the media, are not privy to. They are obstinate when it comes to uh, their willingness to change quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And I think it was in Leistakow's piece yesterday, or Doc's one of them, uh, of the of the quarterbacks that qualify, I think there's 119 or 118, and Spencer Petras is last. And the offense overall is last. And they won't do anything. So what's going on behind the scenes? Keep your name's 3-0 last year. Mm-hmm. Saw it with my own two eyes. Everybody did. He won football games. He right? won football games. And
3: that's the bottom line business that Kirk Ferentz loves and to Brian talk
2: And talked about it yesterday. It's a bottom line business. So what's going on? What do, don't we know... That we that is precluding them from making a switch at quarterback because it it's almost like they're trying to get fired. <laughs> Honest to God, yeah, just pay us our buyout and we'll walk. Absolutely, away. It, we're they're at that point now. It's almost like they're tanking for the number one pick in a draft. <laughs> but you don't get that. They don't get that. No. So what is going on? Somebody enlighten me because there has to be something more. I brought this up after the Iowa State
3: game and my contact in the athletic department. One thing that I heard about the practice habits, and it's something that drives the coaches nuts, or specifically drives Kirk nuts, is in practice, Alex Padilla takes a ton of chances. He takes a ton of chances. He doesn't doesn't do the things that they want their quarterback to do. Mm -hmm. He's out there. He's taking shots up the field. He's doing the kind of things that is not the backbone of Iowa football offensively. He takes too many chances, and it drives people nuts. Another thing that has been talked about is he doesn't put in the same kind of work in the film room that Spencer Petras does. Mm-hmm. Spencer Petras is in there as many hours a day as anybody. He's putting in the work in Alex Padilla. My response would be, if I had to watch this garbage over the last six games, if I had to go through the sham of an off season where you said it was going to be an open competition, it was never an open competition, would you
2: so. be in the film room? Would you be putting in the extra work? No, but here's what I want to know. I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, and I don't know if this question's been asked, and this is not me being critical of the media, um, because if that was warranted, I would, and so would you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know if 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 Kirk or Brian has ever been asked? Because if I'm Alex Padilla and I'm watching what's going on and I'm seeing the play on the field and I think I'm better than him, mm-hmm. don't you show up at Brian's office? Got a minute? Yeah. Or Kirk? Mm-hmm. You know what's it going to take? I wonder if he's ever taken that step to sit down. Just the just the two of them. Mm-hmm. Just Brian and and him, or just Kirk and him, and. How shall why aren't I playing? I wonder if that's has been asked. I'm sure it has. I, I don't think you
3: get to this point. I don't think you're a quarterback at this level without those kind of conversations with your coordinator. I your would quarterback hope coach, that they have and your head coach and, and say what's it going to take. The off season, the open practice that in the spring, mm-hmm. many people thought that Alex Padilla in that one outplayed. It was one of fifteen, yes, mm-hmm. but he outplayed Spencer Petras, the one that was open for everybody to see. I understand from a Padilla perspective why he would be checked out mentally. You're watching the worst quarterback in college football. and you Statistically, a, you are. Yeah. You can't get a snap. Yeah. You cannot no. get a snap. I completely understand if this is true, I would get it. I'd be checked out, too. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to get a shot here in a blowout. Even if it's handing it off against Nevada at the end of the football game, right. I can't even get that. And I'm
2: with you. You brought that up after And what's the
3: difference between Spencer Petras and Nick DeYoung, who has lost his job? Now, he's also injured, but... What's different there? Because it's it's about performance, mm-hmm. but apparently it's not about performance at the quarterback position. Everyone but that Trent.
2: Everybody yep.
3: but that. Mm-hmm. Does he have the other twenty one? Does he got P tapes of the Ferrands family? I, I mean, what's know. going
2: on? I honestly think that he's trying to get fired. <laughs> I'll just take the forty two, split it amongst the family, and I, I don't know. You've been saying it for the last I don't know two three weeks a month that it feels like the end of Hayden Fry. When you <laughs> first said it at him. It kind of does, but this is still a football team that I think had a chance to have a good year. Yes, We had a bad offense last year, and they played for a conference title. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't willing to go there all in with you at that point. I'm starting to get to that point that it does feel like it's the end. Um, And it's too bad. Because this is like it was for Fry. You don't want to remember the way he went
3: out. I I mentioned yesterday that Minnesota game, Uh his last game, and it just... How sad it was to see a team that had quit, mm-hmm. had given up on the season.
2: Now, time changed everything because Absolutely. it
3: became revered again. Yes. And that'll happen with Kirk. Again. Yeah. I, there will be those moments where you'll see something, you'll see the offense turn it over a bunch. You know, there'll be those kind of games that, man, you know, if we just had a more simplistic offense, mm-hmm. dot, dot, dot. Right. That will happen at some point in time. It's just what happens throughout the course. You know, we, we talk about Hayden, the way that he changed Big Ten football and bringing the passing game back to the Big Ten football and being able to win. Doing that after the old three yards in the cloud of dust of, of the 60s and into the 70s with Woody and Bo, mm-hmm. and how he was able to change the complexion of the conference as a whole and giving everybody else, hey, we can win too. Right. It doesn't just have to be Ohio State and Michigan. We're going to have those moments with Kirk, but right now, I said it after the Iowa State game. It feels old. Mm-hmm. And just in a year, how mm-hmm. quickly the narrative can change. He, he seems out of touch. And then he put, you know, Slappy Boy up there. <laughs> and. It's just the incredible part about talking about a mobile quarterback... That's well, not part
2: of our offense? Well, did you see? The, the Here's the quote, and I've got it in front of me. I'm glad you went there with it because I I think, it, well, he answered that question. He's kind of thrown his receivers under the bus with his hands. He dismissed the importance of having a more mobile quarterback, which Padilla has in parentheses, where there's shakiness in pass protection, which Iowa has in parentheses again. Just having a guy running around, I'm not sure that's going to solve solve our issues. You're not going to have any more open guys If our quarterback is just running around, so what's he saying? Our receivers aren't getting open. That's why Petrus's numbers are as bad as they are. Look, the receivers not this. This is they're not. Let's be fair. They're not good. No, this this is. Is there a worse group of wide receivers in the Big Ten than this group? I mean, the top in in the Power Five. Oh, maybe go that way. Yeah, probably. I don't know what Colorado has. They're not very. The results have not been good. No, Um, but. Let's be fair. I mean, yeah. they're, they're they're not good. Reganis uh, coming along, obviously the tight ends, but Laporta in particular. But
3: just simply, if you had four seconds to make a decision with the guy rolling out the pocket, as opposed to three and a half, mm-hmm. even that half second, maybe maybe the one of them gets a step exactly is able to cut, come back to the football, whatever it is, break off a route, those kind of things with the mobile quarterback. But not for the Iowa offense. No, no, no. no.
2: Are you kidding me? It's 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 too bad, Trent, because. In a lot of ways, we've talked about it a million times, this defense is being wasted. Mm-hmm. It's almost time like it's just ready to just for a reset, a different style of football. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in, and I and obviously wouldn't be, be with Kirk. Right. It, you can still
3: be a power team. Illinois is a power team. How often do they run out of shotgun? Yeah. You can mm-hmm. still be that kind of offense. You can still be physical. Michigan, another great example. Mm-hmm. That is a physical football team. Mm-hmm.
2: And they run out of shotgun eighty percent of the time. Yeah. yeah. But now, offensive line wise for Iowa hasn't been not their best uh, group uh, we've seen.
3: They've had recruiting misses. You uh-huh. go back and the guys well,
2: apparently in the quarterback room. There's three of them because they didn't say Labus has moved the yeah. It closed the gap at all. What do you mean you haven't closed? This is the worst quarterback in football well, statistically. This is how you've recruited. Well, that's on them. Absolutely.
3: Offensive line trying to
2: fill gaps. Uh, uh, do you have Do you have uh, any hope at all that this Marco Linays, or
3: however you say his last no. name, no, that he's going to be worth this. He's got Tony Tony out there breaking him
2: who, down. Uh, remind people who his, who his mentor is, yeah. or also Spencer Petras, right. quarterback guru, Truth.
3: who has bru- maybe broken him, and now you got another one coming in from that regime, and and the people that thought he should be the quarterback coach. Well, it couldn't be worse than Brian. Maybe it could be. I don't know.
2: Yeah, it's this is ugly. It is. Iowa uh, I
3: wanted to bet on themselves. That's what Kirk said. Mm-hmm. We're going to bet on ourselves. January. That has not worked. No. 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 That was a bad bet. Uh-huh. I, as somebody that's made a lot of bad bets, bets yeah. in their life, yeah. that was a bad bet. I could see those a mile away. I, at the time, we said it was a bad bet. Mm-hmm. And here we are today, and we know mm-hmm. it was an awful one.
2: All right, one more thing on Iowa before we... Because I, I want to get to baseball last night. I want to ask you what you thought was the best catch of this, the Braves last night. My God. Swansby, or Swanson rather, mm-hmm. and then that catch by Riley. Two just dingers. But we'll get to the game, uh, the baseball, in just a second. The other Iowa news is the fact that apparently... Uh, Kirk and Brian are doing everything they can to uh, putting their hand on the Bible and, and swearing uh, to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God. They don't want, it, they don't want any part of this lawsuit. Now, you can Say what you want about it. It's a cash grab. You know what? We're at that point now where they're required. They're required to come in, and Chris Doyle sat down, and Gary Barter sat down. Did you see who's part of that lawsuit who's going to be deposed, and maybe, maybe their time is tomorrow or the next day? Remember yesterday we talked about that public relations group that helps Iowa and funnels Kirk Ferentz to media that you know that they feel will give him a fair shot? Um, the Wickstead public relations firm has been deposed. Yes. And I found that interesting because obviously they came up with the response mm-hmm. as public relations firms. That's their job. This all started in two thousand fourteen. It's been a long time Trent. after
3: the that's football mm-hmm. press conference after the Nebraska loss. That's when this first came into being. As I realized in the athletic department, the football program right. realized we need to we need to get out in front of things, and we need to. Change her messaging to the fan base and to the media, yep. and that's where they partnered up with Wickstead. And Eileen Wickstead, yeah, she's been deposed, along with Kirk Ferentz, mm-hmm. Brian Ferentz, Gary Barda are amongst the group there.
2: But Kirk and Brian didn't want to speak on her. own. They said they would. They, after the la- after the, this offseason was when they committed to doing so. Then they agreed to do it in the bye week this mm-hmm. year. Well, the bye week is here, and they've had second thoughts about doing that. Look, you're going to have to do this. This is a bad look. If you don't have anything to hide, then why are you hiding? And that's what they are. Of course they're doing that.
3: They're hiding behind legalese and all Mm -hmm. these different things, but they don't want to speak under oath. Is This This is a bad look. This makes them look what? What are you trying to hide? Absolutely. That's what it usually Uh is, right? You don't want to speak. There's a reason for it. Right. And this is a bad, bad look. Yeah, You you said the Wickstead piece. That one really jumped out to me as Mm -hmm. well. What is the messaging? What has been the messaging after 2020 in the summer and the allegations were handed down? Well, they earn their paycheck, I'm guessing. What was the messaging though that they were sending? What was, this, was uh-huh. the correspondence like between these two sides? Right. You know, do you get you can get obviously the emails if they were mm-hmm. sent email wise to a university email? I'm gonna guess they weren't. Kirk has probably got no. his own
2: personal email by, that they by, yeah. can't get in hold of. But by, by the, no, they don't. I mean, anybody that's sending email, <laughs> you know, if you're doing something that's that, that, that kind of nefarious or because you know it's going to for your request, right? Exactly. Then you're going to have to give them up at some point. But it's a bad look. Mm-hmm. It, it's a bad look, plain and simple. You said you're going to do it. Then you backed off, and the problem oh, I can't do it now. Let's do it in the bye week. Bye week is here, and they're bailing again. It's
3: not like they're completely revamping things. Brian said yesterday, we're just going to do the same crap. So man, it's not like this was a
2: real busy time. Right. So the nose isn't to the grindstone, is what you're saying? <laughs> they're not. They're not putting long hours in in the football office. You just got to execute. Come, I mean, you know, is. Just execute. I mean, that's all it is. You
3: just got to execute. Why try anything?
2: Oh my god! What would be the
3: upside? Got to be better than
2: 131. Uh, Well, you'd think there's only one way to go. Are they doing Padilla a favor by not throwing him uh, up against Ohio State when they come off the bye? No. I don't think that that's it either. I'm trying to find a reason. I I can't. There isn't. Outside of... Sticking their middle finger up at every. We're going to do it this way. And we're smarter than Uh you. Our building is full. Mm -hmm. You bought every single ticket. Yep.
3: You support us and enjoy this crap sandwich, uh-huh. and you're going to you know eat what? it every single week. And you're going to be
2: back next year. Why did they sell out this year? What was coming it? off
3: a division championship? Okay,
2: it's always. But they've come off great years before and have not sold out at least that far in advance. Where you couldn't get a ticket in August. All the games, all the tickets were gone. The new
3: end zone has helped. The environment has improved to Kinnick. I mean, there's a lot of factors. Mm-hmm. I think that all
2: go into it, and it's a fun Saturday. No, I get it. Yeah. No, I understand it. Yeah, but there's there's been a lot of fun Saturdays over the years, mm-hmm. and they haven't sold out. I just was wondering what was behind it. Now, what's next year going to be like? Well, the schedule will look different next year. Well, it's as not well. as good. I mean, this right. is a pretty good schedule, right? Yeah, Iowa State, uh-huh. you had Michigan, Nebraska, Wisconsin. Wisconsin.
3: Yeah, the schedule was really good. So next year, you flip that thing, and let's bring up the 2023. Here it is, schedule. Open with Utah State, Western Michigan, Purdue, Rutgers. Michigan State, Minnesota, Illinois. That's the home slate next
2: year. Mm. It is not going to be sellouts. I don't think so.
3: Will there be a sellout before the season begins? (sighs) No. No, there won't be. I don't think there will be. No, there will not be a sellout before the season. In August,
2: all the tickets, every single one of them were gone. To watch this disaster. To watch this. There has to be something with Padilla. There has to be. Why won't they not practicing play well enough? I guess Petrus isn't playing well enough.
3: Well. That doesn't matter, apparently, a quarterback. Where are
2: the eyeballs? They're not at practice. They're watching games, and we're watching what you're putting out there, and it hasn't been good. All right, Dave Sinekin just uh, sent me a text. He's not going to be able to join us today. Unfortunately, something came up for him. Stephen M. Sippel, Lincoln Journal star, uh, will uh, be here. He'll be our first up, and then Lee Sterling will join us. So let's talk baseball from last night. I want to ask you, uh, the 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 Swanson catch, um, back to the infield, the ball was going to drop. Center fielder, left fielder. They had um, they had too far to go. Swanson, incredible catch. Riley with the tarp. That was my favorite. Was that your favorite? That of was the my two? favorite. Yeah. See, I think Swanson's a tad tougher because. It might have been tougher. Yeah. It was just... Riley's tracking the, the ball. Tarp. I just... I, yeah, I get it.
3: Banging up against yeah. it and, and those kind of things. Remember Rizzo
2: standing on it mm-hmm. a couple of years? Well, more than that now at Wrigley Field Jeter on Jeter going base, over top of one. Going over top there's of one. There's something about the tarp that just uh, yeah. uh, does
3: it for me. Vince Coleman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who got rolled up under a tarp and got hurt? It, was, it, it, wasn't, was the, it wasn't
2: him or Lonnie? It, was him or Lonnie Smith. Yeah, I think it was Vince Coleman. I, I think, think it was yeah, Vince yeah. Coleman with the car. It was eighty something. Anyways, yeah, that was they were both great catches. Mm-hmm. The game itself was really well pitched. Yes. Really well pitched until the Bravos got it going uh in, in the sixth inning. That was terrific.
3: Bullpen was incredible yep. too. Yep. And they got one on in the eighth. Schwarber was up there. And then just watching uh English. He's in a slump. And he th- just blew it by him. Mm-hmm. And it's not like Iglesias is not one of the 99, 100-mile-an-hour guys. No, I think he's 90- 96. Yeah. I mean, he and just blew it right uh-huh. by him. High in the zone. He was in the yep. zone, too, and that, that third strikeout. That was a fun game. Just a fun night of baseball. I'm happy we got the delay. Yeah, so am I. Pushed it back a Absolutely. little bit. Absolutely, The delay actually helped out. And I saw, what, the delay was longer than the actual time of play last night. Was it really? Because uh, the time of the game was... Two hours and like forty two minutes, and the delay was like two fifty two. How would John Bowen subscribe? describe?
2: Uh, what uh, would? How would he type? What would a tidy? A tidy yes, a two tidy. Hours. Two hours and forty two minutes. Don't get uh, that in playoff baseball. very No, often. you don't. Yeah, you don't. So I thought the best relief pitching of the entire night was Suarez for mm. for San Diego. He comes in, runners on first what and third, a story nobody out. Too.
3: And th- this is yeah, another part of playoff. Great baseball. story, Trent. Tell it. We are so regionalized in our baseball. Yep. I watch a ton of Twins. You watch yep. a ton of Blue Jays. Yep. Yeah, we watch the Cubs, and we watch everybody else around here. But in general, you care about your team. I mm-hmm. know I have the Padres on in the night sometimes on MLB Network. I'm yeah, not, not listening
2: in. to the Suarez uh, No, story.
3: I'm not locked in. Right. 31 years old, yep. a guy from Venezuela. Rookie. Gets his first contract at this age, yep. and he comes in there in that spot, in Dodger
2: Stadium, mm-hmm. against a hated rival. Runners team, on first and third, nobody out.
3: And he finds a way. There the, was a, a couple of iffy mif- moments no, too. There and was,
2: yeah. The, the, and then the
3: next, was it he got up. He got up, one on somebody. Then three straight balls. My like, oh boy, here it comes. Yeah. And he found a way. No, These stories
2: that you don't know about. Second it, and third, the next inning, mm-hmm. one out, and yes. was able to get out. That is playoff baseball. Uh. The
3: intensity of last night, mm-hmm. I just. I enjoyed it so much. I was so locked in. Yeah, me Just too. enjoying
2: baseball. Me too. And Hater was kind of yeah, uh, a little air on fire, here we go type of thing. That uh, shot from, who hit the off the wall? Um, I don't remember.
3: Oh, it was Freddie Freeman. Yeah, I,
1: thought big that, night.
3: I thought that thing was gone, too. I, that hit the hit top of the wall.
2: And I thought yeah, the play-by-play right.
3: play guy thought it was gone, too. Mm-hmm. And he waited an extra beat mm-hmm. there. So, uh,
2: yeah, what, the who the was the that that was working with Przinski? He's good. Yeah, I... I
3: in fact I was gonna look it up last night and I forgot to because I was the same way. Who is this on the call last night? We'll see if we can find it on MLB announcers, but just a fun night of baseball. Yeah, really, well, really enjoyed I, it. Let's hope let's get another one today. What do you say? I'm
2: with you, Trent, because I think your 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 uh, your Bears and the commanders, that that's tough, man. That that's for the hardcore NFL. Um I mean there's a good big twelve tilt going up against it. There's there's baseball today mm-hmm. uh that's gonna get some people's attention. Um Boy, oh boy! Fun, fun day yesterday. Did you watch any college football last night? I didn't see a
3: play. I flipped over a couple of times because I was on the under, and that and, thing and was, I was home cruising. Yeah. yeah, so it didn't take a whole lot there for me
2: to jump over there. Yeah, just not a whole lot. It was a lot of baseball last yeah, night. I never changed the channel. Well, I did. As soon as the Braves game ended, I changed the channel and went over <laughs> uh, to uh, two nineteen to get FS One. So, you know, speaking of that, and I can't be the only one here. My Directv remote does not work anymore. I cannot get the two. Just just what?
3: Get online and say you need a new remote. Tell That's directly, all you do? Yeah, yeah, tell them. They'll ask you to send there's it in. There's no trick I'm, I'm missing? No, there's no trick. It, they run out after a while. And you hit that 2 button a lot. I'm, gonna oh, guess, to get I'm to all to the 2s. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 206, 212,
2: 215.
3: 219. 219. Yeah, a lot of 2s in there. So I'm going to guess that is the reason. 265 for first 48, 266 for shoot them. <laughs> I have uh, asked you before, though, do you know... Your account login with direct. No, and I don't. It pisses me off. M- Maybe a phone call is
2: what you're going to need. Yeah, because I'm missing out on so much programming that I can get that I can't sign in for. Anyways, old people problems. <laughs> <laughs> it's it happens. happens. <laughs> it does. 1025. Adam, Adam Amin. Thank you. Adam Jason. Amin. Yes. Adam Amin. Yes. Yeah, he, he, he got fired from ESPN. Is that what it was? I think that there was something. Um, yes. now that, Because yeah. he a, his star was quickly rising. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dave Sproul. We appreciate that. Uh, at, at ESPN. I hope I got the right guy. I think he was canned. For
3: something. He was at ESPN from 2011 through 2020. And it didn't end well. Does it say why? Uh, let's scroll through here. New contract, made his debut, Nathan's hot dog eating contest. That's where they parked him to begin? Uh, that's where he was. That's yeah. paying your dues. College football, college basketball. Uh, scrolling through, play by play of the Bulls.
2: Da, da, da. Not seeing anything on that. But I think you're right. I think there's something there. Anyways, uh, Stephen M. Sipple will join us next. We uh, take you until noon. The uh, Klaxons coming up. Here's just give you a little heads up what we're going to do in Klaxons. Um, obviously, we will. No baseball. No baseball. Going to do Iowa State. Mm-hmm. Going to do Michigan. Sure. Alabama. Good one. The game of the year in the NFL. Bill's um, Chiefs. Bill's Chiefs. I was going to ask where the Rangers or the good guys win tomorrow night. Rangers are the good guys opening night. The Wild? They're not the good guys. They are the good guys here. They actually play the Rangers tonight. Oh, do they? they? Yeah, but then the uh, the Rangers head north, but no, that didn't make the cut. Good. Anyways, uh, good. Okay. <laughs> Simple joins us next. Miller and Condon. It's a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Pork Chop Grill
1: in Johnson. <laughs>
2: It's time for Sip.
3: (laughs) Stephen M. Sipple talks with myself and Ken on Nebraska football.
0: I mean, I have a radio show. We have callers. I pay attention to my Twitter notifications and all that. There's definitely some frustration.
3: We talk Cornhuskers, and you never know what else is going to come up. With 30 years on the Nebraska beat, here's Stephen M. Sipple. As long as they're
2: paying
0: me to talk, I'm just going to keep doing it.
2: All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, Lee Sterling still to come. Let's get to our friend Stephen M. Sipple. Huskers back on the road again. Purdue-West Lafayette this week. Big Ten West matchup. Let's uh, go back before we go forward. Sip Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. I watched the game on Friday night, start to finish, and truly felt that Rutgers should be up 28-zip going into halftime. They weren't. It was 13, um, and then we know what happened. uh, Nebraska, to their credit, was able to uh, come back, uh, take the lead, and hold on to win the football game. But, man, Sip, it felt like they were outplayed badly in the first half.
0: Yeah, it did I mean there's a lot of I mean, it's sort of thoughts that were going through my mind were what the hell am I doing out here at Jersey covering this? <laughs> um, and it was it was that bad. <laughs> right? Yeah, here is the thing: the players uh, went into halftime and told the coaches, "Hey, we're all right. I mean, we don't need to change much. Uh, we're going to win this." So there is some uh, there is some confidence. In the in the program and the and you know right away as you saw Nebraska scored on its first drive of the third quarter bam you know it's thirteen to seven and here we go and then it kind of settled into a slugfest
3: certainly a slugfest all the way down to the wire Nebraska gets the football back all it takes is a knee. And they almost screwed that up. So, what was it like in the press box? At that time, I'm going to guess, you're working, you're typing, you're getting ready to finish up your game story, and you're doing all those different things before you go down for the press conference. What was it like? Did you guys even in the press box see what nearly turned out to be a disaster for the Huskers?
0: Well, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. No, I was down on the sideline. Oh. Um, for that For that, yeah, there was a little bit of a scrum. It got scary for a second. It was kind of... It happened pretty fast, and it was kind of hard to see in there. But, yeah, the last few minutes of that game were pretty wild. You know, but Rutgers did get the ball with a minute, in ended up getting the ball with a minute three left. And, you know, it was deep in its territory. It would have had to drive the field with no timeouts. And so Nebraska ended up getting that, stopping them. Um, but, yeah, it was I know it was hard spot right to the end, which um I kind of – I kind of figured it would be i mean I, I thought that game was the type of game <laughs> that, w- that w- you wouldn't know who's going to win with three minutes left, but that's hey, man, I mean, somebody told me last week that I was saying that, and they're like, you know what that's most of college football right mm-hmm. now yep there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of close games, a lot of ballots. you know it, it's a little it's man, Alabama's not really in that discussion. Maybe a couple other teams aren't in that discussion, but it seems like everybody else is.
2: Indeed. Well, now it gets really interesting. Sip, we're halfway there. A lot of teams sit three and three. Nebraska, one of them, two and one in conference play. Boy, that one in Ireland, you just wonder that Dublin game. What? How, what? When we look back at the year, you know what that had it gone the other way will mean. But the, it's all in front of them, right? At Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota. You still got the crossover with Michigan, Wisconsin, and Iowa. And let's be real honest here, Sip. There's no. Not, in this Big Ten West. I thought Minnesota might be. We've seen what they've, has happened to them, especially with Ibrahim not in the lineup. Purdue might be that team when you watch Purdue and you'll see them in person this weekend. Different team with O'Connell under center. Um, what do you see? Yeah,
0: Purdue is interesting. I mean, I don't see I watched the Minnesota game and I was mildly impressed. When I go back, when I watched the Penn State game, you know, they opened against Penn State. And I thought at that point, this is a really bad matchup for Nebraska. But that's when Charlie Jones was healthy.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And his speed was kind of a difference-making type speed. Now, he's been hurt the last three games. He's playing. But he hasn't had over 59 yards receiving in the last three games that he's not practicing at all. They don't have they don't have you know, they don't throw the ball all that well downfield. They throw the ball well but not really downfield much, you know, a lot of underneath stuff. And they don't run the ball particularly well. I mean, this is a conversation that's largely about Aiden O'Connell, but it's also largely about Jeff Brom, who's, who's there's not a better play caller in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And he's so good as a play caller, it's almost different to make. It. I mean, he's, a, he's that good. as a, He calls all the plays, and he's, 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 he's very skilled at that. You know, if you put him on Ohio State sideline, for instance, to be they're scary enough. If you put him on there, I mean, I know they're scary enough. already. I'm not taking away anything away from Ohio State's play caller, but Brom and O'Connell is a good tandem. You know, their defense is good; it's not great. Um, Better than I thought,
2: though. Sip, to be honest.
0: Oh yeah, they're yeah. good. They're 28th nationally, and they're good against the run, and they're deep up front. But I, you know, I mean, they're. Uh, Nebraska's got a good running back. I think it could be a close game. Most people around here don't think it will be. There's not a ton of excitement for this game. Really? I think people. No, not really. Yeah, Mm. no, no, there's not. I mean, it's not. People haven't given in, but I just think most people are expecting. Night game at Purdue, um, probably not a game Nebraska's going to win. That's the prevailing sentiment here. And, you know, Purdue's a 14 point favorite. Sure.
3: And, yeah, well, I've got to prove it on the field. Wins against Indiana, Rutgers, one thing. This is definitely a step up here for Nebraska this week. Well, the tickets have been bought. The sellout streak will continue, Sip. We've talked about this in the past, but how about uh, seeing somebody going out there spending their own money and saying, I'm going to be the one that keeps the sellout streak alive. Got to be a pretty big story over there in Nebraska. Oh,
0: my God. Yeah, I guess it kind of is. It's It's. Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's a polarizing topic here. If you can believe that, mm-hmm. um, it is. It's polarizing because a lot of people just say, let, "Just let it in." It's already, you know. There's been games where Nebraska, they look at the scam ticket totals and they've been down in the sixty thousands during Riley, during Riley's era. You know, two thousand seventeen yeah. when it was really, when it was really going bad in two thousand seventeen. There were. Um, I've told you this guy. I've told you. This, this before, there were unused tickets on the ground. Mm-hmm. Right. So, a lot of people just say it's it's a it's a kind of a fraudulent sellout streak. Kind of like but you saw
2: people, last week at Rutgers.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Not not that bad. No, I get Never. it. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of it. You see Just probably seventy percent full. And you know what? Nebraska's probably been in that eighty percent range once or twice. Mm-hmm. um but I, I still think it's important, um, and I—I I mean, I'm just—I just—I'm like a lot of people. I just kind of take it game by game. So um, and I think, and, and you know, there's an off week after this week. We'll hmm. see what the Illinois game brings.
1: Hmm.
2: What? what uh, just kind of for your your view on the Big Ten West is Purdue now in the driver's seat in your mind?
0: Oh, I don't. I, can, I don't. I don't know how you can put anybody. In
2: the driver's I'm with you.
0: Seat. I. I I can't put anybody in the driver's seat. Purdue and Minnesota are probably the closest things. But, man, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Purdue, it was just a couple games ago, they barely beat Florida Atlantic. That was without Mm O'Connell. That was without Aiden O'Connell, but still. No, there's no – and you know what? I used to kind of say this is – it is a – it's balanced, but it's good. I don't even know if it's that good. It's just not (laughs) – this isn't,
2: a great, this isn't a great year for the Big Ten West. No, it's not. No, yes. no absolutely not. Sip, great stuff. Uh, talk to you next week. Sip, so, uh, appreciate it as always on three medias where you can read Stephen M. Sippel and Sean Callahan and the whole crew over there. Um, just real, you know, one more. Just uh, what what kind of winter shaping up for Hoiberg and company?
0: Well, they're Kenny. They're picked last. There you go. Um, <laughs> they won, and a lot of you know the smartest people that. You know, the guys who covered on a daily basis are all in that kind of 10 to 12 win range for the season. Um, it's a tough schedule. That's the thing. It, Fred didn't catch a break on the schedule. And they have a lot of new faces. He, that's the way that's, that's been his uh, M.O. here, just kind of building from scratch all the time. And he's basically doing that again. They have a couple key players held over, C.J. Wiltshire and Derek Walker, for instance. Oh, Wilhelm Breidenbach is a the guy that was hurt last year, but he's back. There's a couple, maybe a couple others, but it's they're going to rely on a lot of new faces. Does he need to win, Hoyberg? Uh, I mean, one would think he's his mm-hmm. Big Ten record is nine and fifty. I, no. I mean, at, at some point, it's sort of ridiculous, right? Oh. I mean, yeah, nine and fifty is the Big Ten record.
2: Not good. Stephen M. Sippel on 3 Media. Sipp, thank you. Talk to you next week. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Take care. Yep, good to talk to you. Stephen Sippel as we catch up with our buddy from Nebraska.
3: Renegotiated the contract after the season. Buyout went from $18.5 million down to $11 million. Still pretty big.
2: They can make it happen. Yeah, they can make it happen. But there's money
3: coming to the Big Ten.
2: They'll there. be all right. That's true. Uh, I was thinking of Adnan Verk. That was the guy. That yes. was the guy. So I apologize uh, to, to Adam, Amin. Adam Amin, who called the game last night. It was Adnan Verk who got in hot water as a rising star at ESPN um, and lost his gig. Anyways, it's uh, 1045. Lee Sterling will opine on a handful of games next, Miller. And, and thank you, Nate Schmidt, for filling me in on that. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Dot net. <laughs>
0: now back to Miller and Condit. On one hundred six point three KXNO, here's oh, Ken yeah. and Trent.
2: Hi, welcome back to Luriconda, the morning sports station, one hundred six point three KXNO. We take you up until noon. David Eichel, David Kaplan. Uh, and Claxton's Barbecue Giveaway in our number two. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, in his regular spot throughout the football season. Joining us here every Thursday. Hello, Lee. Trenton, Ken in Des Moines. Thanks for coming on. How are you? 2-2-1 two, two and one last week. So, kind of spun your wheels a little bit. Not not great. Not bad. Could have been
1: worse. You know, what's crazy. There were so many games that came down to the wire. And it depended where you got the line. I mean, yeah. think <laughs> let's just look at some of the games that we had last week. Kansas State, Iowa State. If you took Iowa State early, you get the win. Uh if you waited to the end to push. Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, uh if you took it early, uh or late, you could have had a win or a loss. Most places had it a push. And then TCU, there was a push most most places, but there was uh some six, six and, and, a half and a half sprinkled throughout the week. Yep.
2: Yeah, I got so, six and a half on Friday
1: Wednesday or Thursday. Oh, which? yeah, when we did yeah. T V. Yeah. And how about Illinois and, and, and Iowa? Uh, it was a solid three-and-a-half most of the week. Um, Half-point
2: loss. Crazy. <laughs> matters when you bet and where Aww. you bet,
1: doesn't and it? Yep. Shop around
3: yep.
2: for that best price. Yep.
3: Yep. Well, Lee, let's get into the games this week. we got yep. a five-pack for our listeners out there. Start with Wisconsin. Resurgent, we'll see. It's a win against Northwestern, but certainly a positive step in game number one for Jim Leonard. They're laying seven-and-a-half against Sparty.
1: Yeah, and and Sparty's got trouble. I mean, you look at that roster. There's just not talent there. So Mm -hmm. I think they're going to regret laying out that 10-year contract for for their coach. Uh, Maybe there should be a penalty down the the road. If you don't produce a certain amount of victories, they can null and void the contract. But that's a a topic of conversation down the road. But I just think that Wisconsin's ready to go. Graham Mertz finally had a big game, five touchdowns, no interceptions. I know it was against Northwestern, but... Michigan State's pass defense, not much better here. And also, uh, special teams have been awful for Michigan State. I like uh, Wisconsin here, 34-17.
2: Interesting. Well, let's get to this next one. It's uh, Michigan and Penn State, and Michigan's about a touchdown favorite over the Nittany Lions.
1: Yeah, last year's game, Michigan's minus two, very even game. Michigan scores the game winner with 329 left, and they escape Happy Valley 21-17. 21-17. Penn State has the bye week before this game to rest up in game plan. I also think it's their circle game, the game that these kids wanted uh, all offseason. Blake Korm, I- I've said he's top two, top three. Heisman voting, in my opinion. Uh, 11 touchdowns, averaging 6.2 yards per carry. But Penn State's duo of Singleton and Allen combined for 770 yards this year. And even better, 6.4 yards per carry. And don't forget, Sean Clifford beat Michigan in the big house 27-17 two years ago. The offensive line performing better. Then we expect only four sacks on the season. Wrong team favorite. I like Penn State to pull off the upset, 23-20.
3: Wow. All right, there's our first shocker of the day. Let's go to the Big 12. Oklahoma State, TCU, two undefeated teams. Should be a great matchup, and because the Big 10 West sucks so much, I can't watch it anymore. Uh, The Big 12 (laughs) has taken over a lot of my viewing, including this one. So excited for this game. Horn Frogs favorite at home against the Cowboys.
1: Offenses. I mean, I, I, I was saying that all the time. I'm looking up the stats and I'm watching game film. Sure enough, the average scoring the same amount of points. So uh, I don't think there's any advantage there. I actually think Oklahoma State's defense a little bit better than TCU's and special teams for Oklahoma State are special. They're kicker, 8-for-8 eight eight, Tanner Brown, kicking field goals, sit 26-for-26 26 26 on extra points. TCU only three for four on field goals and already has missed two points in a tightly fought game. Uh, Little things do matter. And their kickoff returner, Jaden Nixon, already has one return for a touchdown in the Baylor game, and he took another one all the way down to the one-yard line here. I just think that TCU doesn't have that big of a home field advantage. Just 19-27-3, the last ten years as a home favorite. TCU pulls off the small upset here. Uh, i'm sorry oklahoma state does 37 34 thought
2: we might get a wrong team as favorite because i'm with you on that one uh let's get
1: the wrong i agree with you it's getting the three and a half yep
2: i agree with you texas is uh certainly looking good quinn Ewers a big difference under center or in the uh, shotgun wherever he is he's a good player uh texas about 16 and a half over iowa state who seeks their first win in conference play
1: very impressive and here's the problem the Iowa State defense is going to have to continue to play well for them to have a chance in this game because they're offense averaging numbers. You look at numbers. By the middle of the season, we now have a really good uh, view on, on each team. We know what every team's all about, and they're averaging just a mere 4.8 yards per snap. That's just not good enough to compete against a team like Texas. Texas has lost three straight times to Iowa State. It's not going to be four. Not this year. Texas, 35-13.
3: 35-13, offensive struggles continue yep. for the Cyclones. To the NFL to wrap up, game of the year, Buffalo-Kansas mm. City. Of course, the epic one back in January. Let's hope we get something close to that one, just for entertainment purposes. But, but we're in Buffalo. Buffalo. Yes, point spreads here. Let's go Buffalo, minus the two and a half against Kansas City.
1: So if you like me and you like Buffalo, you get on it now. I think they're much improved since last year. They're front seven. That's the point where I really love watching this team. They stop the run better. They get after the passer. They're deeper. And uh, then on top of that, Kansas City, I think they're secondary. I don't think they can match up against the Buffalo Bills wide receivers. We saw Devontae Adams. He ran wild in the game on Monday night. Buffalo has three guys that are almost unguardable. I don't know what Kansas City's going to do here. They also got special teams problem. Buckner, their kicker, even if he plays, he's not 100%. Uh, This is a team here in Buffalo. This is their circle game from last year, from the playoff game. People forget they won the first meeting during the season there by double digits. They do it again. They exact their revenge. 42-28.
2: Forty-two twenty-eight. Oh, nice. And at one yeah. point, Tredavious White, not this week, obviously, but at some point he's uh, going to be back. Yeah. I think he's practicing again, and he's as good as there is in that secondary. Well, your game of the week is also a Big 12 game. It's Oklahoma who's just reeling. Kansas, they finally got, uh, finally got beat. I don't know who's going to play quarterback <laughs> uh, in that game, uh, uh, but uh, for the folks, uh, guys and gals who want more information on your game of the week, Oklahoma-Kansas, how do they get it?
1: Just go to ParamountSports.com, uh, one-stop shop. Uh, they want to get that game for free. Call 800-400-9741. We're on a 37-19 run the last five weeks. We rate our selections from 10 to 50 units. We have two very rare 45-unit best bets, biggest plays of the season, one in college, one in the NFL. They both go this weekend. You want to get involved, get the October Special. Use coupon code SABE one hundred, just two hundred and forty seven dollars. All the other sports, hockey, baseball, UFC, everything's going. Paramountsports.com. Lee, have a good week. We'll talk
2: to you next Thursday. Thank you, Lee Sterling. Okay. Thanks, yep. guys. Yep, bye bye, Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Hour two, David Eicholt. Uh he kicks it off. David Kaplan from Chicago. And Claxon's still to come.